On this episode of Bootstrappers, we're going to speak with Viri Ortega and Alex Barclay, who are virtual assistants at Anaquim, about how to manage virtual employees well. That's next. Welcome to Bootstrappers, a unique program designed to help make your business better. From property management to remote workers, Bootstrappers is here to help your business succeed. Bootstrappers is a production of Anaquim LLC. So let's lace up those business boots and join Bootstrappers with Jeremy and Gwen Aspen. Welcome to this episode of Bootstrappers, where we talk about topics that are important to real estate and property management entrepreneurs. I'm your host, Gwen Aspen, and I'm here today with two lovely guests. I'm super excited to introduce to you Virio Ortega and Alex Barclay, both um, remote professionals at Anaquim, and they're going to talk to us about the best way to manage remote professionals and their experience um, being a remote professional in the uh, property management and real estate space. Bootstrappers is powered by Anaquim. Anaquim helps property management companies become more profitable through virtual assistance, back office support, or uh, our 24-hour call center, which helps them with leasing, maintenance, and call overflow for rent manager clients. If you're a fan of the show, please like, subscribe, tell all your friends, and we have a book giveaway at the end of this episode that we give away to the most insightful comment on either our YouTube channel um, or on our Instagram at Bootstrapper Show. So with that, I'd like to say hello to Alex and Viri. How are you guys today? Not too bad. Hi. How are you? Wonderful. Yes. So we want to talk about your experience being remote professionals. So first of all, let's just talk about what jobs you all have uh, that you're you're doing at Anaquim remotely. Like this first. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, well, I'm really. I got recently promoted to recruiting manager. Um, I was previously working with the. Um, with the clients, I was a customer success manager and I was helping them find the right remote for their jobs. Um, so yeah, I'm just starting this new... So you work remotely, but you work kind of with the clients. That's right, yes. Yeah. And I help them find that also remote person that's going to work for them and, you know, the right fit for their positions. Okay, great. And then Alex, what role do you play? So um, I'm a virtual assistant. Um, I'm mainly based for my company as a leasing coordinator, so I deal with you know new business, recurring business, property owners alike, you know across the whole board, dealing with the maintenance, the operations. It's, it's a bit of a crazy world. Yeah, it is. You're really yeah. digging into the whole property absolutely. management space. You yeah. Know. No, no rest for the weary. No, absolutely not. So, okay, so people are going to find this interesting because clearly you're not Mexican. <laughs> no, no, absolutely not. So um, I'm originally from London, actually, and uh, I took myself over to Mexico, met a lovely lady and decided, you know, uh, it's time to venture into the unknown. So there I am over there. So how long have you been living in Mexico? Uh, since the first... Uh, <laughs> January, I believe it is. Oh yeah. wow! So start of the year, twenty twenty one. So did you know you were gonna stay there for for on a permanent basis? I sort of committed for a certain amount of time and just wanted to test the waters. But I'm uh, I'm a big fan of sunshine. It turns out, yeah, so thought I'd uh, make it a little bit more of a permanent <laughs> thing. Yeah, that's for sure. great. So I don't think people, re you guys, both reside in Guadalajara. 
correct? Yes. So people don't really get what an international city it is. I mean, there are tons of expats or whatever living there, right, Alex? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, for me initially growing out there, I didn't really know what to expect. And then the diversity to all of the different sorts of people that you find out there is actually, it's crazy. It's almost as much as London is itself, you know? Absolutely. So, yeah, real, real interesting time, by all means. And very, since you've been the recruitment manager or, you know, working in recruitment, you've seen all the remote professionals come through and you can attest to the, the diversity of the remote professionals as well, right? Yes, definitely. Like we have people that um, are from London. I have people from Scotland, Germany. Um, I've seen Venezuelan also. So we do have people from the South that moved to Mexico. And I think we're all looking for this virtual world where, you know, you have the flexibility of being in your home and, and work from there and, you know, avoid all the, maybe the traffic or the commute. So, so yeah, I have seen a lot. I think it, it might have grown more now um, because of the pandemic, probably. Mm. Um, but I do see uh, one of the things that I hear about um, people wanting a job, it's they prefer that virtual part now that they were able to meet it. Yeah. And so, so people, I think sometimes when they think virtual assistants, they don't really realize that people can do everything that you can do from behind a computer, but in Mexico or really anywhere, right? So, I mean, your jobs, Alex, maybe you can speak to this. You're doing high-level projects, I'm sure, and other kind of more sophisticated business practices from yeah. your home in Mexico, correct? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the job can vary from, uh, you know, bringing in the new business to offering out those renewals and then next thing you know i've been working on you know rewriting whole databases really yeah absolutely it's been a so tell been, us more about that like what exactly is that project it's just bringing up to date all of the new sort of uh, properties that end up getting outsourced by our ceo for example and then we have to list them appropriately so we have to get all of the pictures uploaded profiled in a certain manner going forward you know to make it really displayable and extremely informative at the same time just to give enough people that information going forward to see this is what you get you know being limited to everybody having to access everything purely through a laptop or just a, a computerized database you need to have all the information clearly there in front of you so if you're not able to go and see these properties in person, at least you have a clear enough description and, you know, visual representation of, of what you're going to be sort of investing your money into as well. Not just as a renter, but maybe as somebody who's going to be looking at buying a new property as okay. well. So, so you're updating the investor website so yeah. that people can buy things without maybe even seeing it in person. Exactly. Okay, so in your part of that project and getting that off the I mean, ground? it wasn't exactly something that I saw myself taking on, but, you know, I threw myself into the deep end very early on. I like to learn things as quickly as possible at the end of the day. And as soon as they saw I was competent enough to do so, that's when they started piling on the workload. And, and you're, you're game for it. Yeah, absolutely. You know, learn as much as you can, as quickly as you can, and that's where the real growth 
you start to see it in yourself, you know, and uh, you start to realize you're capable of a lot more things than maybe you thought you you could do originally. Or even you know? maybe your manager thought you could virtually. You've shown that this is truly a career, not just a job. It's always something I wanted to do at the end of the day. So uh, I'm just glad that I've been able to do a good enough job on my side of things, you know. So absolutely. That's great. And Vera, you've worked on a lot of projects internally at Antiquim, correct? Yes. Um, I started being um, the, assist the sales assistant. And then from there on, I think that also will because of, of what I proved myself to. And, and I've, I've always been super interested in like helping things get better. And I love doing projects, to be honest. Like whenever I had the time, I was like, oh, I'll do it. Um, send it to me. I'll figure it out. Like I'm, I'm much more of a doer um, and, and kind of like independent as well. Like I like to look for my own stuff. And, you know, um, so, yeah, they, they started passing me on projects and, and I was very happy for it. Like now I see in our web page things that I've done, like videos and little stuff. And I feel proud of myself. I'm like, yeah, oh, I made that. Absolutely. It's nice. Yes. So instead of just doing operational tasks, I mean, you guys really can handle your own rocks, if you will, if you use the words of um, from EOS or maybe other companies call it quarterly goals. But you really have taken on your own quarterly goals and really ran with it. Right. Yes, definitely. So, and Viri, I've even been able to hand off to you, like give you very little information and be like, help me get the shows all ready for the bootstrappers. And you were like, okay, I got it. And created like calendarly events and email, automated emails and all kinds of stuff. So I do think that that kind of broadens the perspective of what's possible with virtual labor or workers. So now when managers are working with people from Mexico and they totally get it, that you're capable of anything a domestic U.S. employee can do uh, from behind a computer and they really want to make you part of the team, what kind of things really inspire you to, to work harder and feel like you are actually part of the U.S. Um, uh, teammates? Well, in my team, what my manager does is she does happy hours for us every about month, two months. Um, also, if we bring in new people, she does a happy hour so we can all meet each other. And um, she makes these very fun games, you know, like with inside jokes about the team. Um, so I think that's something that makes us feel like in, in a real team, not just somebody who's behind their desk taking orders from somebody else and that's it, you know, like it's also nice to see everybody together and maybe learn a little bit about what each each department does or each person does. Um, a fun fact about people, I think that's that's a great way to interact with your employees when they're not close to you, definitely. So have you done anything on your team that helps you get to know everybody better? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we're constantly on video calls to each other. There are multiple different uh, platforms that we use as well to be able to communicate with each other, like Slack, Zoom, Google Meet, for example. And all of those things just keep everybody quite closely linked in together. If you need anything, you just ping over a message or... I mean, on the basis that everybody's now working in a very remote world, is sometimes, I, I guess for some people, the biggest struggle would be feeling that loneliness and that confinement of staying in the same space. So to be able to see somebody else on the other side of the screen, you know, to actually have a, uh, a really, um, you know, like closer connection by just having the face in yes. front of you. And I agree with that. I think the faces really make a difference. 100%. And like, Viri, I've seen you quite a bit and I feel like I know you. Like when I saw you in person, it felt like I've seen you 
several times, even though this is literally the first time I think we've, met, <laughs> we've met in person is this conference right now that we're at. Um, but don't you feel like you can even be pretty personally close with people virtually? Yes, definitely. Now that I'm at this conference as well, I saw two or three clients that I've interviewed with. So it was also like, hey, hi, nice meeting you. So you know what I mean? It does make you feel more personal with the person. Now you, you, you meet you meet them and you don't feel like, oh, um, this is new. I'm, you know, you, you someone who you talk with the whole day, every day that you see a lot. Um, so yeah, I do think that the video, the video part is very important. Um, before all of this um, COVID thing happened and remote, I remember having meetings and never using my camera, like for, you know, big meetings. And it was a thing, nobody would tell you to use the camera because it was like normal. Nobody wanted to show their faces. But now it's, it's a must, like it, it's, that, that interaction feels different. It's not just you speaking to no one. I would say 90% of our meetings at Anaquim are video calls. It's only when I'm in my car that I'm on my phone. Um, but if, there, if there's an opportunity to have a video call, I always prefer it over a phone call. And I think that, that ha a lot of people have had to get over kind of a, a fear of being on camera, but the pandemic has helped. But that is essential, I think, for feeling connected with the team and feeling like you're on the same mission with the people who are in an office environment. Would you agree? And is your company pretty good at using the video calls as a primary mode of communication Very good. with you? Absolutely. I mean, in terms of my manager, you know, she's always like, oh, let's get on a video call, you know? And um, like I said, in, in a new remote working world, people can feel, again, you know, confined, closed off. It's easier. It's harder on the mental health. So it is harder for you all. I mean, I didn't realize how hard it is to work from home. I always thought of it as an advantage until COVID hit. And then I was working from home and I was like, I can't wait to go back to the office. <laughs> so that probably is a challenge for you. I mean, as a long-term career being at home, is it? Not necessarily a challenge, I'd say. But it's definitely an adjustment that I think a lot of people are going to have to start getting used to. Maybe not so much as different areas of the world manage their lockdowns in different ways and shapes and forms. Um, but I know a lot of people in the UK, especially back at home, did struggle in that respect, you know. So it's just getting used to that new comfort level, I guess. And this might be the way that it has to be from now on, you know, the new normal, so to speak. I think it will be easier after COVID is totally Totally, you know, everybody has a vaccine and we go back to normal because when, when you guys are home all the time and then there's no gym as an outlet or anything right. to do after work, it does, it does make you stir crazy. I also think that we should now create a schedule for our lives, basically. Like, um, have everything organized on this is the time I'm going to wake up, this is what I'm going to do, I'm going to have my work hours, yes, my eight, nine hours a day, and then after that, try to do something different, like set up a, from this time to this time, I'm going to read a book, I'm going to go walk outside, because yes, making a sedentary life, it's not great, so I think that as long as you keep in mind that you still need to be living a, a life outside your house, even if you're working remotely, um, 
create that environment of work as well. Like having your own desk, I think it's very important. Having a space where you are dedicated to what you're doing, also to avoid, um, you know, not being focused and, and stuff or, or getting distracted. Exactly. So I think that's something that has worked for me, like creating a schedule for my days and um, just following them. It doesn't really make a difference between maybe the interaction with other people, yes, but again, as we were saying, talking with your team um, frequently during the day helps a lot. Um, but to me, avoiding the, I used in my previous work, I used to take from 45 minutes to an hour and a half to get there and back. So at the end of the day, it's a lot of time wasted. It's, it's gas, it's, it's stress. So I, I wouldn't go back to that, you know, like if yeah. you ask me, I, it's not something I want to do, commute for an hour every single day, you know. Um, so I, I would say that, just create a schedule for, for your own time so that you don't feel like you're trapped inside your house the whole day. So as far as management goes, with, what are the best practices, what are the best things that managers can do for remote employees to number one, train them. Let's just start with training. What is the best way to train somebody remotely, in your opinion? I mean, from my personal experience, I've managed in the past on a retail basis. Um, it's always best to set the right expectations from day one, you know? So this is what the job entails. This is what's required of you. So this is what we expect from you going So here's, the me here's how we would measure success. Absolutely. 100%. So setting that up on the front end, and then, and then how were you trained? How was I trained? So again, everything was very much based on sharing screens, video calls. Um, you know, they gave you a bit more independence once they can realize you're competent enough for the role going forwards. Maybe you can take it away to just a quick phone call. Oh yeah, how, how do I do this really quickly? Just give me some hints and tips and then you can go away and do your own thing. Um, you know, I think there's many different ways that managers could go about it. But the best way to do it is set the expectation realize the competence of the individual that you're working with you know corresponding with them in the way that's what what could we do for you and what can you do for us alike you know on the 50 50 side of things so that you're both actually working together to help create that level of growth going forwards as well did you work with written documentation was there a lot of processes and procedures that you were following or did you have to kind of create those uh on so, your own? On my side of things, I like to be quite proactive in that respect. So where there weren't necessarily written scripts for me going forward, I would create my own based off the information that was relayed to me. And then going forward, you know, I could make that comfortable for myself, but then also, you know, structure it in a way that maybe I could pass it on to the next person who might take on my role after me, for example. So. Um, I believe, you know, there's a lot of proactiveness that needs to go into these remote jobs as well. So uh, remote workers really should have that as an expectation moving forward, that if you're going to work remotely, you're going to have to be more proactive than maybe you would have to be in an office. Is Absolutely. that correct? Absolutely. 100%. From working in a purely retail environment for many, many, many years, you know, the whole transition into the remote world was a completely just crazy time for me in itself, you know? So um, getting used to that was one thing, but it doesn't take a lot of getting used to in that respect. If you 
already sort of set the expectation of, you know, how, how am I going to do this for myself? This is me coming out of my comfort zone, having to create a new comfort zone. So what's the best way of me doing that, you know? So the proactivity would be writing your own procedures and maybe since maybe the training might not be as in-depth as if you were in person, you really have to go out and kind of figure out how to use the software yourself. Vera, I know you're really proactive. What are some of the things that you had to do in order to be competent at your role being remote? I think that it's helping. Like, also companies, it, it, it might be a little bit hard for them to, you know, find the right way to train someone or to have everything all together because of how the organization works. So I think that helping that side as well, if, if you find something that you think it's not working, have to speak up and say, well, what if we do this instead? Or what if we don't do this and, and we just do it this way? So I think that's another another thing aside from being proactive to give ideas and help them. Of course, everything has to be structured and by helping, if, if you don't see there's a structure in the company that you're working on, you can help in creating it. Maybe um, that, that can help you help your manager and help even other people to get the training better. So the manager doesn't have to be perfect. They just have to be open to suggestions and say, hey, and be honest. Like, hey, I don't have everything written down, but part of your role is going to be writing it down with me and for me and making sure that this role becomes more organized by having you in it. Yes. And then you both have demonstrated that you can do that in, in your own roles. And obviously, companies are always growing. Even if maybe you had perfect processes at 100 units, and now you're at 300 units as a business, those processes are gonna change. So relying on remote, labor, remote professionals to help with that transition is something people can do because you guys are amazing professionals, right? <laughs> Thank you. So um, what things do you think managers need to know that are harder for you? Like maybe sometimes we're insensitive to the remote workforce. Is there anything that you'd like managers to know I think there weren't that many remote jobs before COVID. So a lot of people aren't used to that whole sitting in the same place eight hours a day, for example. It doesn't have to be that way, you know. If you're lucky enough to have two or three rooms you can ded dedicate to your work, that's fantastic. Not everybody has that at the same time. So just giving them, you know, we expect you to work and we expect you to work hard but at the same time we realize that maybe you come from a job where you're walking around the shop floor all day for example or you're going from one end of the office to the other you're going into different meeting rooms just find a way even though you have a set routine to be able to keep yourself active in the meantime so you're not just sitting around eight hours a day you can get up go and make your lunch and you're not a robot, you know? Yeah, you know? so just kind of understanding the stresses of working from home a little bit. Absolutely. Yeah, walking the dog or something might right. be like yeah. a, having a maybe a, a, a little tiny break here or there to For sure. to stand up and stuff and, and just being cognizant that it is hard. If you need to drink a water, go drink some water. Yes. It's absolutely fine, you know? Yes, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. So how about you, Viri? Is there anything else that that managers sh should maybe... Do you find that managers are a little um, insensitive in some ways to the remote workforce or...? 
ways that they could improve? I think that's something that's very important, um, and I heard it in, in, in the meetings that I was with you. The recognition part, I think it's, it's something very important to keep the person motivated. If they're doing something wrong, obviously let them know and provide feedback, which is very important. But also when people are doing something right, I think that it also happens a lot that someone is doing a very good job so the manager gets in that comfort zone of knowing that person is doing great I don't need to worry about them and then they forget about him in a way you know mm. so I think that that could be something um, that could be good like like that constant recognition on yeah I know I haven't been able to talk to you for a while but I just want to let you know you're doing great I, I, I'm sure you're doing the job good so I trust you you know something like that just to avoid having a person thinking like well am I doing something right wrong why haven't I talked to my manager in this time you know so because when something bad happens it's very easy to go to the person and be like why did this happen but when something good happens it's like oh, oh everything went well I don't need to contact you I don't need to talk to you you know what I mean so I think that's something that can be important for managers just to keep up that recognition and motivation with their um, remote professionals and if they're doing something right let them know they're doing something right so you uh, there are some ways that they can actually give gifts or little things in Mexico and I don't think people realize that what are some things that that are accessible to Americans to provide for a little a little touch of thank you uh, in Mexico. What I've heard from clients that have asked me and that I've I've recommended it's like for example Uber if if they want to send them lunch or coffee they can just open Uber Eats and put their address and they will be able to find the nearby restaurant so maybe a gesture like that. Or if you look at any, um, you know, if, you, if somebody had a baby or, I don't know, they were sick and you want to send them flowers, there are also many apps where you can just put their address and send them flowers. Um, gift cards, maybe. There's a lot of people that like working, I don't know, listening to Spotify. So maybe, oh, I'm going to give you a gift card of Spotify because I know you listen to music while you're working. Or, you know, maybe a Starbucks card. I would say something that you can send them virtually that will make the difference in saying, like, oh, thank you. I appreciate you, what, what you're doing. So... Just so people are really clear on what's possible, if they did Uber Eats with the MX, like .MX, is that how they access the Mexican Uber Eats? You can even use the normal Uber Eats, and if you put the address, it's, it's going to let you know what it's nearby. Oh, that really? Address. So they don't, they don't even, even have to change the website? No. What about Amazon? Do they have to change the website and for Amazon, Amazon? Yeah, and Amazon, they do, um, because the, the shipping, I think it's different, so things can get lost in the mail. But if they do it on Amazon um, MX, even if they use their American card, it goes through. So there's no issue. Just make sure they're in the MX one so that way there's no issues with the shipping, that it takes more, that it gets lost because it's coming from a U.S. store. The same things that they have in Amazon U.S. that we have in Amazon MX usually. So just the stores, the store location is different. So that's really great. I mean, managers really do have an opportunity, and I think that's even different than just a few years ago, to really send things, little tiny things that make a difference to their remote professional, make them feel like they're included in the team and they're cared for like any other employee, and they don't feel forgotten about, because I guess that's the, the risk. So another thing to think about is parties. If everybody's in the room and you're on a computer, be cognizant that that's not going to be like a fun experience for you guys. <laughs> yeah, have you I been think, in that experience? I haven't. No, but but yeah, I would, I would think that if everybody's all together and you're just here virtually, it might not be as fun. <laughs> I mean, unless you send that person some beers, maybe, and you know, at least. Yeah, beers, well, that's so. a possibility. I mean, yeah. you can do some fun things over Zoom, some Zoom parties or whatever that 
could make it feel fun. So if, if they did, yeah, if they sent you like beers over Uber Eats and then included you in it, it might feel like a fun gesture, like you're included. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that's the main thing. I think the only other thing that I would say is that uh, managers aren't going to be able to manage the same way as if someone's in the office because you can't really manage by um, just overhearing a conversation in the office. So they have to be more deliberate about the feedback, either through listening to calls, if that's what the, the job entails is making phone calls, listening to them, giving feedback forms, or really just managing by the numbers, which we know we're supposed to do anyway, by having remote employees um, actually using KPIs to manage the work. Which feels better for you guys, too, because if you're well-trained and you know how to do it and you're not being micromanaged and then it's just about the numbers, I mean, it's more professional on all ends. But that's more of an approach to manage remote workers, too. Would you agree? Yeah, absolutely. And I think with remote working, it speaks for itself at the same time, you know, on the basis that maybe you can't manage on a face-to-face basis, you know, there's a level of trust that really needs to be earned to begin with at the same time, you know, you give respect, you get respect, and trust works with respect all the same as well. I think that's a very important thing in terms of, you know, managing people going forward at the moment. but on the basis that also at the same time numbers don't lie, the work's going to speak for itself. If you can see the work being done to a good standard, then you know it's easy to see that you can trust this person as a remote uh, as a re- remote assistant by all means. Whereas if the work isn't up to standard, you know you don't need to see somebody on a face-to-face basis to be able to see whether the work itself is being done to the standard that's required or not at the same time. So you know sort of swings of roundabouts in that respect, I guess. Yes, I see that. So another thing is just getting to know each other. I mean, it might be a little bit more deliberate because you're not having those natural interactions at the office about, you know, running into each other, maybe at the same part of town or whatever. And so they really, it really is helpful if a manager's like, how are you doing? How was your weekend? And learning a little bit more about, about you as a person that helps build the trust as well, right? 100%. I mean, in terms of uh, just speaking on behalf of my manager, she's always keeping in touch with me in terms of, so how was your weekend? How's your, how's your week going so far? Is there anything I can do to help you right now? And then we have a very good relationship going forwards now, you know, so we just bounce off of each other. And I say the exact same thing back to her because not only is the trust there, but the respect is there mutually as well. So we're both just bouncing and bouncing. And the amount of work that we get through, like um, my company in particular is a small company, but it's growing extremely quickly. So on that basis, we have to be constantly communicating very well between each other. And as long as we have that good connectivity, then we don't even find it as an issue going forward. So, yeah. I love that. Well, I'm so grateful to have you guys on the show today. Thank you so much for your awesome perspective. And our uh, book giveaway this week is Atomic Habits, an easy and proven way to build good habits and break bad ones by James Clear. Awesome business book. So that's a wrap. We'll see you next week on Bootstrappers. This has been Bootstrappers, a unique presentation designed to help you better understand how the world turns. Contact Gwen or Jeremy at posts at bootstrappers.club or visit our website 
anaquim.net. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple, Google Play, Spotify, and our YouTube channel. Thank you and join us next time for Bootstrappers.